This is the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 1037 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. Making his way to the podcasting ring. Hailing from the heart of Cajun country. It's me. It's me. It's the world famous CD. Let's ring the bell and get this party started off right. And welcome everyone to Cajun Strong Style Podcast. It is SummerSlam week and we got a lot of things to talk about involving the world of pro wrestling. And I'm going to talk about it with you. I have to say, it is just an awesome time to be a wrestling fan because of the fact you got SummerSlam coming up this week and a lot of other stuff as well, especially if you're a fan of the WWE video games. And I'm looking forward to just hearing all this stuff that's going on involving the sport of pro wrestling. And I think the big thing that everybody is talking about right here, right now, and it's what's really causing all this on a Monday morning. I was going to talk a lot about what happened with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Probably not going to talk about that quite as much because some news came out. This is going to be starting this Friday on SmackDown. Orlando's Amway Center, which is, I believe, where the magic play, if I'm not mistaken, but anyways, Orlando's Amway Center is going to become WWE Thunderdome. Yes, you heard it right. It is going to be called the Thunderdome. And this is actually what they're calling it. It includes information on how you can register to be one of the fans shown on the giant screens in the building. Because they'll have pyro, drones, all this other cool stuff that I think is going to be intriguing. And I can't wait to see it in full effect. Just from the production aspect of all this. Because I, that's really where I'm wondering how that's going to go especially considering the fact you got Bucky Beaver out there pushing the buttons and switching the cameras every five-tenths of a second whenever you see him do things. It's, it, I, it's one of the things that absolutely frustrates me how WWE does things. But like I was mentioning, this Friday on Fox, kicking off SummerSlam weekend, WWE Thunderdome will be unveiled. It features a state-of-the-art set, video boards, pyro, lasers, cutting-edge graphics, drone cameras, and so much more. And it'll take WWE fans viewing experience to an unprecedented level. Again, this is starting on Friday. And the WWE has had a long history of doing some really great live spectacles. And WWE Thunderdome will be head and shoulders above the rest. This is coming from Kevin Dunn, who is listed as the EVP of television production. He goes on to say, quote, The structure will enable us to deliver an immersive atmosphere and generate more excitement amongst the millions of fans watching our programming around the world. Now, I'm interested to see how this works. WWE Thunderdome, the website currently, which is WWEThunderdome.com, at, at the time of this taping, which is going to be a little after 6, right before Monday Night Raw, it's currently just showing get ready to enter the Thunderdome. We're waiting to see when that's going to be unveiled and when you can enter in to be a part and, and maybe get your virtual seat in for these upcoming shows. That'll start, again, on Friday, October, uh, August 21st, excuse me, and then NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, the Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam, NXT at Full Sail Live, well, that, that'll still be at Full Sail, which is interesting. And then you have SmackDown, Payback, and Raw after, all at the Amway Center. So for the foreseeable future, the Amway Center is going to be the new home for Raw, SmackDown, and the big pay-per-views. NXT will continue to be aired live at Full Sail which I think is interesting and also add the fact that could probably wind up having a lot more social distancing in terms of how the WWE does things in terms of the COVID-19 testing. Because they, I was seeing rumors. I hadn't seen anything that actually hard to confirm this, but apparently they were dealing with a lot of issues with COVID-19 tests coming back positive 
I don't know how many, but that was definitely something to kind of consider. But some of the pictures are absolutely amazing. In fact, there was a video that got put out from the good folks at Wrestling Sheet that I recommend you go check out. It actually showed the thing getting put under construction. And it is a lot of work to kind of put that whole thing together. At the fact that you're going to have a complete setup. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that entire thing looks. I believe they're going to have the top rows tarped off, obviously. But it's all about those digital LED boards. Will it be something a lot like what we've seen with the NBA? Because the NBA is doing something very similar with their overall product. And I like the way they're doing it versus what I've seen Fox do it with MLB. And if they if Fox does it like the MLB, I'm going to be absolutely disappointed. And I won't know what to do with this. Because it's, it's going to look like a WWE 2K crowd. And I don't want that at all. I want something similar to what the NBA has done over in Orlando at the wide world of sports where they're able to pull something like that off and it works really, really well. But again, I am interested to see how the Thunderdome is going to look for the fans. That's really the big thing. Outside of that, SummerSlam doesn't hold as much interest in it as I thought it would heading into you know the month of August. I was like, oh yeah, SummerSlam is coming up and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there. But again, there's just, you don't know what's going to come down to, you know, the overall product and how it's going to look. I'm interested, but I'm also very, very concerned they're going to mess this up somehow, some way. And we're going to sit here the Monday after and we're going to say this was a mistake. They shouldn't have done this. They should have kept going full steam ahead with the performance center setup because honestly, that looked a lot better in the long run. But again, I'm interested to see how this is going to look. I'm sure a lot of you out there are interested to see how this thing's going to look heading into this weekend with SummerSlam. I got to say, it's going to be fun to see how this all looks. I think that's definitely the big selling point now. And they also, and also you had uh, Brian Flynn mentioned in the statement that as WWE takes residency at the world-class Amway Center, we have reimagined our live event experience for today's environment in partnership with the famous group, we will virtually bring our fans back into the show and recreate the interactive in-arena atmosphere that has been a staple of WWE events for decades, of course, unless you were at the Cajun Dome that one time. But again, there will be no true fans in the stands for this, so that's a huge step in the right direction because I think once you start allowing more fans in, you wind up having a bigger problem a little bit further down the road whenever you saw everything that was going on with the Street Profits running around outside the ring but it was definitely a whole heck of a lot of fun. And I'll get to a lot more about SummerSlam probably in our podcast later on in the week. We're going to do another podcast this week. The Cajun Strong South podcast loves to do those. We hadn't done them in recent history just because it was so dang busy with everything going on around here inside the studios. And I had the fact that, you know, I wasn't necessarily as hyped up for, you know, Slammiversary to do a pick them for or just an, or just one of those other WWE pay-per-views. And there was so much going on that one weekend. I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do a one, but we're going to do it for this weekend. Get an NXT person to kind of give us a perspective and also get somebody to talk about WWE SummerSlam. And trust me, I've got some feelers out already. I'm looking forward to that podcast on Thursday that's going to be dropping. But again, we're talking more about what's going on in the sport of pro wrestling. All right, it's the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. When we come back, we'll keep the conversation going about pro wrestling. But this time, go to AEW. Because there's a lot of changes surrounding their schedule is the NBA is starting to kind of bump them out. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more next on the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast, 103.7 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. And here's some big news. What's been going on involving the NBA playoffs, moving Dynamite around on the schedule. Obviously, this one, the first show this in this run is going to be on Saturday, August 22nd. It's be this Saturday, the same day as NXT TakeOver. The plan is for this thing to be going down at 5 o'clock, right after the NBA playoffs broadcast end on TNT. But, of course, you've got to deal with the fact there's a could be a potential for an overtime game. I know in the NHL they had a five-overtime game that bumped a game back to like 11 o'clock in the damn morning, which was cool. I'm not going to lie, but trust me, I'm sure many fans weren't looking forward to having to kind of readjust their schedules in that sense. But Tony Khan made official today. There's going to be a one-hour episode late Wednesday after the NBA on September 16th. There'll be a brand new one hour episode and then another new full two hour show on Thursday, September 17th. So I'm wondering that late Wednesday show, could that be a bonus AEW dark to make sure you can fill time and be able to compete maybe a little bit alongside NXT and have a solid lead in for programming whenever you have the situation arise with the NBA on TNT bumping you out. Now, again, looking at how this entire setup is, here's how the whole thing is going to be going out from this this week until the 17th, whenever I believe you're going to get ready for the Eastern Conference Finals, and those go to the four-letter network and, I believe, ABC. This Saturday will be the first of these on August 22nd, and then Dynamite the next week is going to be on August the 27th, a Thursday night, then September 2nd, it'll be back to its regular time slot on September the 2nd. All out will be that Saturday. Obviously, that's going to be a situation that you got to keep an eye on. But I think that's absolutely huge to be able to have all out that Saturday and it be in its regular time slot. And add the fact that you have NBA promoting that thing openly and having the promotions run throughout their broadcast and have the live reads from guys like Kevin Harlan and crew, that's only going to help. The, w, the AEW ratings war, if there is one really, if you want to kind of go relatively speaking, because they dominated that ra- that ratings war from Jump Street. Then they go back to Wednesdays again on September 9th, and then going to be a late night Wednesday. This is going to be that one-hour edition that Tony Khan mentioned on Twitter, saying that basically this thing is going to be a one-hour show late night Wednesday. So check that out. Make sure you put the DVR on. I know I sure will. Because luckily, like my DVR actually just tells it, I tell it, hey, record whenever there's a brand new episode of Dynamite on. So I'm going to make sure that records on the 16th of September when that gets here. And then it'll be a brand new episode the following night on September 17th. That'll be a two-hour edition of Dynamite. And they'll be back to every Wednesday after that. But it's absolutely really cool to kind of think about the fact that you have late night NBA basketball going into pro wrestling. That is something I never thought I'd say. And I saw somebody bring this up a while back when the idea of moving AEW Dynamite to a different time slot because of the NBA on TNT bumping it around. People brought up the old Westminster dog show back in the day. And I have to admit, that was something. When you used to have the Westminster dog show on Monday night and basically Raw would be preempted, bumped over to, like let's say, sci-fi or something along those lines, especially once they had that working relationship with sci-fi during the ECW days. I don't remember much of whenever it happened when I was growing up. 
because I, because my parents always have told me, hey, go to bed at like 8.30. So I didn't necessarily have to deal with as much of the show getting bumped. I'd always want to probably for the most part, especially in the days whenever the Westminster Dog Show always preempted stuff. It was always, I was always watching Nitro over Raw. And mind you, that was just because I was a dumb kid and I absolutely enjoyed WCW a lot more than it did WWF. I'll probably get into that a lot more in a future podcast about why I always liked WCW a little bit more than WWF at the time. And also the fact that maybe I was just an idiot because this is when I got into wrestling was in 1999 and that was probably the wrong time to get into wrestling and getting into wrestling as a WCW fan should have jumped on the horse that was winning. But again, whenever you have a show that goes from eight to 10 at the time, I usually go to bed like eight 30, nine o'clock, especially during summertime. So, that was a big reason why I never necessarily watched a huge amount of WWE programming when I was a kid. I wound up watching, especially once it was the only show in town, I'd watch that first hour and then go to bed. And then my dad would tell me all the stories about what happened after that. Because that was, I think that would have been really cool to kind of have a podcast with my dad back then. Just him recapping what happened in the second hour. I recap what happened in the first hour. We both kind of chat up about that. That would have been really cool. But you know what? It is what it is. It was a different time back then, but hopefully you are all caught up in what's going on with AEW Dynamite. Tony Khan announcing that there's going to be over the next several weeks, quite a few of them, in fact, where they're going to be bumped for programming, especially the next two weeks, Saturday, August 22nd, and Thursday, Dynamite is going to air during those times. And also, they got a little bonus for you on AEW's official YouTube channel. This is really cool. I'm not going to lie. They're going to air All Out in two parts for the next two Wednesdays. To get you hyped up for All Out 2020, they're going to air All Out 2019 for free through YouTube. I am looking forward to rewatching that. And maybe I'll do a little re- kind of sort of retro review on that because I want to have, I'm going to put some notes together for All Out because I didn't, I don't remember if I ever did a full review of it on the old 20 by 20 Cajun Strong Style podcast, but we'll probably talk about that. And a whole lot more. You're listening to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. When we come back, I've got some thoughts on something that happened involving Sony Deville. We'll talk about that and more next on the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Welcome back to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. I appreciate you listening in, be it through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever podcasting service you use. We're going to talk a little bit about Sonya Deville. Some scary stuff came out yesterday involving a man who was arrested for attempted kidnapping of Sonya Deville. And of course, it had to be a Florida man, actually a man in South Carolina, who went to Tampa Bay, Florida. This came coming from the Tampa Bay Times. The man in South Carolina was arrested for attempted kidnapping. And the man was identified as Philip Thomas II. And he planned this eight months ago to execute his plan in the early morning hours of Sunday, August 16th, which was yesterday. And that also included cutting a hole through a patio screen, waiting for DeVille to go to bed, and then entering through a door. This triggered an alarm, and this led to DeVille fleeing with a guest and contacting authorities who found Thomas still on the scene when he arrived. And he admitted to all this stuff. So he's going to be, and he was also arrested for armed burglary of a dwelling, aggravated stalking, criminal mischief, and attempted armed kidnapping. He had, he had like zip ties and everything. Like this dude was ready to do this. And that's absolutely just disappointing. And in fact, you know, Sonya Deville, thank God she is like, okay. And she's able to 
kind of be okay in that sense. Obviously, she's probably not going to be 100% all right. I hope her mental health is all there and she's able to kind of move on from this. And she mentioned on Twitter, thank you everyone for the love and concern. A very frightening experience, but thankfully everyone is safe. Also shouted out the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office for their response and assistance in terms of arresting this absolutely ridiculous person for a heinous, heinous act. And you know what? I just, I feel for Sony Deville in this situation because I don't want to see anybody kind of do that to anybody. Nobody should do that. Nobody should be fearing for their life in that sense. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen next with Sony Deville. If he's, I know she was scheduled for a match this weekend at SummerSlam in a hair versus hair match, which first of all, more props to the WWE for doing a hair versus hair angle. And it's not like the one they did the last time whenever he, I, that was one thing that blew my mind was how they ran an angle back in 2004 with Molly Holly doing the hair versus hair match. Listen, I'm going a whole different kind of tangent here, but I'm loving the fact that they're going to another angle that they've done in the past, but doing it a lot more of a way that makes sense rather than, Oh, Hey, you know, you're a girl who doesn't want to be looked at in in a certain light. So we're going to go ahead and bury you and we're going to go ahead and shave your head. Like they did with your, your girl, Molly Holly back in the gap. So that was something that blew my mind whenever they, this thing kind of first came out. But, you know, that's definitely the big story concerning what's going on with the WWE and what's next for Sonya Deville. If this program does go off and we see the payoff with those two going at it, because I wouldn't be surprised if she disappears for a hot minute. But one of the other news update I wanted to kind of hit on in terms of actual stuff going on in the 20 by 20 squared circle with Velveteen Dream, he made a return to NXT in a really fun triple threat match. But obviously, that's really where people were unsure about why he is back. And he, he's obviously, he was facing sexual misconduct accusations about alleged online convos with underage fans that surfaced back in June during the Speaking Out movement, which hasn't exactly aged well if you look at how things are in British wrestling. That is a pop on look for them. Now, I'm not going to leave it at that. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that here, at least not right now. But he was off TV after losing the NXT title match to Adam Cole at TakeOver In Your House, and he returned after two months of missing in-ring action. And Triple H actually talked to CBS Sports in a conversation that was released earlier today from Brent Brookhouse. Going to try and get him on the show before long. And Levesque mentioned that the aforementioned allegations and they did an investigation looked into it and didn't find anything and the reason for the lengthy absence from NXT programming was all due to the fact that you know he had a he was in a car accident on June 26th and he was hospitalized after the accident unknown obviously they're not going to fully release what happened to him but it's unknown what injuries he did suffer at that time and here's the full quote from Levesque aka Triple H you know in this day-to-day Accusations are made and you take them all very seriously. You look into them the best you can and you find out what is there and what isn't. In this situation, Clark was also involved in a car accident. That's what took him off TV. In the moment, all this other stuff happens and you look into it and you find that there is a situation that people bring to everyone's attention. You look into it and find that it is what it is and there's nothing there. He goes on to say, everything that we have done and we are comfortable with him continuing to do what he does and everything else. But he had a car accident stemmed down to people thought we removed him from TV for different reasons. 
We didn't. He was in a car accident. Once he was medically cleared to return to the ring from his car accident, we continued forward the way we did. We looked into that, and obviously it meaning the sexual assault or the had to pull it up now again, the sexual misconduct accusations and said, we looked in that and what was there and we didn't find anything in quote. And now you got the, the Velveteen dream going to be fighting Finn Balor on Wednesday with the winner, getting a featured spot on the NXT takeover 30 ladder match for the vacated North American title that Keith Lee vacated just a few weeks ago. So I absolutely loved the fact that, you know, Velveteen Dream came back. I wasn't sure why he came back so soon after all those allegations came out because it felt like he was going to be let go. But lo and behold, Velveteen Dream cleared of all those wrongdoings or accusations, if you will, because it seemed like it was him. But lo and behold, it was not him. So best of luck to him as he makes his way through all of this. One more bit of information before we get out of here, and it's another just I, I mentioned it last week with Kamala. This week, another sad passing is former ROH world champion Xavier, real name John Bodoya. He passed away on Sunday at the age of 43. Could have been Saturday, but I wound up seeing a lot of differing opinions. But it's sad, especially because of the fact that he was supposed to come out of retirement. Yes, you're right. He's supposed to be coming out of retirement. He retired back in 2011 because he was supposed to be participating in a match against Jay Lethal at the past versus present show. But of course, COVID-19 threw rent in that and the show was canceled due to it. He was one of the first ever ring of honor champions very early on in the, the run of ring of honor, beating low key for the title. The second ever ROH world champion. In fact, on September 22nd, 2002, a few months after making his debut at the first show, the era of honor begins and he held that title until Oh three leading to the very great Samoa Joe reign. Again, he is an underrated part of pro wrestling in terms of how things are and how things were in Ring of Honor. You know, Ring of Honor has always been considered one of the best wrestling promotions in the world. And you think about it, Xavier is such an underrated part of this company's history, but it's great to see him get a lot of love from fellow Ring of Honor superstars of today and everything in between. Even Mick Foley is out there saying, you know, he's just learning about the death of Xavier and he was, he was very highly respected by his peers. So sad to lose someone so young. And yet a lot of other people mention and show some love like Frankie Kazarian. I remember seeing Kurt Angle, in fact, mentioning something to him and Ian Rickabody, the current play-by-play voice for ring of honor. He mentioned gone way too soon. Always so nice. when he would swing by New York for Ring of Honor events, unheralded and underappreciated, was looking forward to calling his comeback match in ROH, RIP Xavier, and I have to agree, such a tough break for a guy that probably could have benefited from being around in this era, because I think he would have been probably one of the top stars for Ring of Honor, and probably would have been great to kind of see up against Jay Lethal in that dream match, but lo and behold, it wasn't meant to be condolences to his family, Everybody involved in Ring of Honor that had a match with him, against him, what have you. you. know, Christopher Daniels was a former tag team partner of his, and Xavier was an absolutely amazing talent all the way around. I, I wish I was able to kind of say more about it, but again, Ring of Honor wasn't necessarily a huge thing here in these parts, but I've been able to kind of see different things, 
that he did thanks in large part to the internet. But back whenever Ring of Honor was getting started, I wasn't big into the tape trading scene. I didn't have like a really great internet connection to where I could watch a bunch of Ring of Honor shows and download a ton of them. But I'm sure he had a lot of great moments in his career, and hopefully he continues to have a great legacy now that we now that he's gone, he can have a great re- legacy. People remember him a lot more than they did towards the end of his life. And that's going to do it for the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you leave a nice review for us. Five stars. If you're in the Tokyo Dome right now, I'd give you a lot of credit for being there, but also give us six stars if you're out there in the Tokyo Dome. More importantly, subscribe to us on iTunes, the Google Play Podcast. Just search 103.7 The Game. You'll be able to get that, along with all the other great content that we got, like the Louis Prejean podcast, the Rap Game podcast, all of our regular shows. We got so many different things that you can listen to, and we'll talk to you next time.